The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2190. A couple of weeks ago, we got a longer gameplay reveal trail from Star Wars Squadrons, and along with it, some interviews and deep dives, including one with Ian Fraser, the creative director from Electronic Arts, who had a lot to say about Star Wars Squadrons that goes well beyond what you see on screen. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, the reason why we're going to be spending any time on Star Wars Squadrons here at Star Wars 7x7 is because there is a story mode to this whole situation. And since we talk about Star Wars stories here on the show, well, that's why we're going to be talking about Star Wars Squadrons. Now... As I mentioned at the top, Ian Fraser, who is the creative director at Electronic Arts, gave an in-depth interview to Polygon about various elements of the game, and in particular the story. So today we're going to talk about the things that he revealed, and also the things that are hinted at by the things that he revealed. For a start, he says that the overwhelming majority of the game, and I'm quoting from his quotes in Polygon, uh, says it takes place after the Battle of Endor, like a few months after Endor, but well before the Battle of Jakku. You're seeing one of the military campaigns that gets us from maybe we can win to actually winning at the Battle of Jakku. So there's that, and Fraser says he can't go into details, but the story plays a pretty key role in how the Rebels are ultimately able to win at Jakku, so it leads to big events. As far as the beginning of the game, it's a little different. He says they actually start with a prologue, so when the game kicks off, it's set right after the Death Star has blown up Alderaan. He says, I'm going to say this now because people are going to tell us we made a mistake, but we didn't. When you watch the character creation sequence, you'll see the rebel symbol and not the New Republic symbol. That's because in character creation, you are still a rebel. And that character creation screen gets shown during the gameplay trailer, the five minute plus video that they released a couple of weeks ago. The names of the two pilots that you're going to play as are Case Cassandora on the Imperial side and Rao High Moon on the Rebel side. And yeah, it is a Rebel symbol with Rao and eventually I guess it will become a New Republic symbol once you jump into the meat of the game as Fraser describes it, which is all post-Endor. Now I find it particularly interesting that they are starting a prologue with the Death Star and Alderaan because that seems to play into the backstory of Lyndon Javes who is in charge of Vando... Uh, Vanguard Squadron, wow. Vanguard Squadron, right? So here is from StarWars.com the deal with Lyndon Javes again. We've talked about this uh, on the show previously, but it says that he rose through the ranks of the Rebellion after the destruction of Alderaan by hunting Imperial capital ships. It goes on to say that though he's still a combat pilot, he's found a knack for command according several successful missions behind Imperial lines and that he has been given a classified assignment for the New Republic, which is what we're going to get into in Star Wars Squadrons. And I have to say, this is one of the things that has me particularly intrigued because 
In the old Star Wars space combat games like X-Wing and TIE Fighter and whatnot, particularly with TIE Fighter, there was this thing called the Secret Order of the Emperor, and you could take the missions and do all the Imperial stuff, and that was fine, but you could also do these additional missions that were part of something that would get you in a thing called the Emperor's Circle. And they didn't necessarily affect, you know, the main part of the gameplay, it was just other accolades that you could earn as a result. But these were sort of like spy missions that were in addition to your regular objectives. And I am wondering whether something like that is going to come up inside Star Wars Squadrons. Because even though Javes is not necessarily an intelligence officer, he has been in the presence of and working with and even approving plans that were drafted with the assistance of intelligence officers. I'm thinking of the fact that he opined on the mission to Pandem Nye that is depicted in the first Alphabet Squadron novel and Karen Aiden and Erica Quell developed that mission. So yeah, uh, and he's working on a classified mission. It does just make me wonder, especially when you also consider that a lot of the developers and people who are involved in the making and creation of Star Wars Squadrons are fans of these old school space combat Star Wars games. And wouldn't it be fun to see an element like that in there? Especially when you also throw in the fact that their goal with this is not to do extra downloadable content packs and expansions to the game and whatnot. Their whole philosophy with this is that it's a, you buy it and you're done with it. That's at least what's conveyed in the interview. They said they don't have any plans to do DLCs or expansions of this. So wouldn't it be interesting to see them have this additional element, especially when all the things that you can get in the game are earned in the game. And speaking of things that you earn in the game, there's a scene that we see in the gameplay trailers where a TIE bomber is using a laser beam that does not just go pew pew pew, but actually is like one solid beam that blasts. And if you're you know, familiar with general TIE bomber lasers, you know that they generally don't do that, right? They usually go pew pew pew, right? So apparently this is a thing. According to Fraser, it says, um, by default you're right, but we let players modify their ships in the game pretty heavily and one of the weapons we allow, and this one is actually allowed in both factions, is a composite beam and it's inspired by the beam on the blade wing in Star Wars Rebels where they took a hyperdrive out of a prototype B-wing in order to have that crazy charged laser. Again, this is from Ian Fraser. Fraser, I think I'm flipping between Fraser and Fraser. So my apologies, Ian. Maybe I'll just stick with Ian. Anyway, so Star Wars Rebels being an influence in that regard and also the mention of the prototype B-wing, well, you know, brings to mind the question of whether we will see a B-Wing in the game. And right now it's 5v5, but they only have four different types of Starfighter classes in this thing. There have been things where, you know, interviews have said, yeah, we've got uh, X-Wings and TIE Fighters and a few surprises. We can't show you the whole thing, but they have shown, you know, eight different ships in this thing. So maybe that's the case. Maybe there is going to be another class of Starfighter. Maybe you're going to be able to swap out a Y-Wing for a B-Wing instead. And what would that mean for the Imperial side? Because it would have to be balanced out, right? You would need another ship on the Imperial side to counterbalance that situation. Well, seeing as how we are referring to Star Wars Rebels as a source of information, and heck, Harrison Dula is in this thing, so... 
yeah, that's another tie to Rebels. What about the TIE Defender, right? What about the TIE Defender that Thrawn championed in the Star Wars Rebels TV series, which itself also harkens back to those 90s Starfighter games. So wouldn't that be something? And I think that would be a surprise that would take <laughs> the video game community by storm if you would be able to pilot that sucker. So there you go. That's what I've got for you about the story mode of Star Wars Squadrons and what the information that's out there already suggests to us, hints to us about what could actually appear in there and the influences thereof and all that good stuff. And that is going to do it for today's episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. My Summon is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.